Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Zen nicotine products are only for adults 21 plus who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today at zen.com slash 10. That's zyn.com slash 10. Ford Motor Company is committed to moving forward together with new all-electric vehicles that offer an efficient and exhilarating driving experience. Join Ford as they redefine what electric can do. Ford customers will have easy and simple access to charge, whether they charge at home with the overnight plug-in Ford Mobile Charger or on the road at one of the 19,500 charging stations of the Blue Oval Charge Network. Journey into the future with Ford's lineup of electric vehicles with many affordable options to choose from. Head over to Ford.com to learn more. Built Ford Proud. At Carvana, we're in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. Carvana gives you control by letting you customize your down and monthly payments. You can browse tens of thousands of cars online to find one within your budget, and you won't get surprised with any bogus fees. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to shop for a vehicle. Carvana, we'll drive you happy. Availability may vary by market. Oh, gee. Make some noise! Hey, my name is Mara Esquivel-Campo. You may know me from television as a reporter for shows like Dr. Oz and Good Morning America, but this podcast isn't about any of that. A few years ago, I started a major life transformation, losing 90 pounds and gaining a new understanding of how the mind, body, and the spirit work together. That's what this is about. Your best life elevated. (laughs) Hey, guys. Today, I'm joined by a really special guest. I'm a really big fan of his work. Diego Perez is better known on social media as Young Pueblo. He has a very large following. If you don't follow him, I really encourage you to check him out. He is a spiritual writer, a philosopher whose new book, Inward, focuses on the movement from self-love to unconditional love, the power of letting go, and the wisdom that comes when we truly try to know ourselves. All is a reminder that healing, transformation, and freedom are possible. Diego, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's um, I'm excited to be here. So I'm a big fan of what you do because you are able to reach people through social media. Um, but the, there are these kind of timeless, ageless themes. What is the message that you're spreading? Yeah, well, what I try to do is really take in what I'm understanding and experiencing in meditation and adding words to it. A lot of my work is, you know, trying to bring together philosophy, psychology, spirituality, and give it sort of a modern twist while still respecting, you know, the tradition, the meditation tradition that I come from and whatnot. So I'm not particularly a meditation teacher per se, but I am, um, you know, an active meditator. I meditate daily. And it's really the foundation of what um, this whole Young Pueblo project has really arised from. How much uh, time do you spend meditating every day? 
I do at least two hours a day. Two hours a day at the same time? No, one hour in the morning and one hour in the evening. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I find, and a, a friend of mine, a former colleague, Dan Harris, got me, he introduced me to meditation. Wonderful. He wrote a book called 10% Happier. And it's written really from the perspective of a former cynic turned mm-hmm. meditator. And as a cynic, um, it reached me. And I remember saying to Dan, Dan, I am terrible at meditating. And he said, that's the point. Everybody's bad at it. <laughs> exactly. You just have to start over. Yeah. And it's the starting over where the magic happens. So what do you say to people who just feel like meditating is overwhelming? They cannot stop their thoughts from racing. Mm -hmm. How does one get started? Well, I think it's worthwhile to really um, base yourself in a a technique that's been proven to work and that has already benefited thousands of other people. So it's one thing to try to meditate by yourself from like a video or something, but actually taking a course, I think um, actually knowing a technique and finding something that works for you. And now there are so many things out there. One thing that I advise people is finding something that challenges you without overwhelming you, which I think is really important, sort of finding that sweet spot where, you know, it's difficult enough that it will help you become stronger, but also not so overwhelming that you won't want to keep going. And what happens when you get distracted? What oh, do you, you get do? distracted all the time. And then <laughs> all what? the time. Um, and then you just, you know, exactly what Dan said, you just start again. I think that's the beauty of it is that, it's not so much that, you know, it takes, I mean, it could take lifetimes to become perfect at it, but you want to keep going because there are results that are happening. And I think when you give it a first, you know, when you try it a first few times and then you leave, you go back into the modern world and you see that your reactions aren't quite as intense, you know, it, it dawns on you that you can really get something out of it, even though you're not that good at it. I mean, the one thing that I've noticed, the one way that it's changed me, and I'm nowhere near what you're doing, I do five minutes a day, Mm -hmm. um, on a good day, but on most days, is the ability to note my emotions Mm -hmm. without letting them control me. Mm -hmm. So when something comes up that's unpleasant or uncomfortable, just Mm -hmm. saying like, huh, I'm really anxious right now, or I'm really angry. Right, right. And not having that then trigger a million other things. Right, and don't not cascade into all these reactions and then get lost in worry and anger, for right. sure. Just ri- just ride the wave. Mm-hmm. So I love what you said before we, we started recording, that you know no one comes to this path, your path, when they're on a winning streak, right? That right, it's, exactly. It's hardship that yeah, leads just, people to spiritual growth. I was having dinner with a buddy of mine. His name is Manaj um, Diaz, and he's an Australian a meditation teacher out there. And he said that to me, and it just struck me so hard. And it's true. I think, you know, not everybody has to have like a massive calamity in their life to sort of look into these um, old introspective practices and take them seriously. But I think a lot of people have, you know, like personally, I remember I was down and out. Um, I was really sort of trying to make a big change in my life and come out of all of this uh, sadness and anxiety that was controlling my life to the point where I was making such poor decisions that I, you know, I was so unhealthy. I was using different types of drugs and I could have really had a really, you know, early death. And um, at one point, even before I started meditating, I knew that that's not how I wanted to go out. So I started making these big changes. But then after I started taking note of my health, you know, exercising more, eating better um, and stop, you know, abusing myself through these like hard drugs, I noticed that I needed something a little deeper to really start getting at these patterns that were controlling my actions. And um, that's when I found Vipassana. And it has made it has made a world of difference. And even going back to what you're saying, like, you know, it's it's a struggle sometimes because the mind is so heavily patterned in a particular way where you're just, you know, you don't realize how many intense emotions you felt 
in your life, and especially if you've been inclined towards anger, inclined towards sadness, you're repeating that behavior over and over and over again. So sometimes it may seem so difficult to try to release all of that when, you know, it is, you know, it's, it's, it's something you have to admit. It is difficult and there is a lot that's been accumulated inside you. But if you give it that effort and you give it that time, you know, you, you will see results. But one of the things that you often post about is the idea that the, the emotion you're experiencing in the moment can sometimes be kind of accumulated. Right. That it might not be this one thing that's upsetting you so much, mm-hmm. but it's the pattern right. of thinking about things and, and reacting. So when we talk about letting go, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Are we talking about letting go of specific hurts? Are we talking about letting go in the moment mm-hmm. so that you're not getting carried away by your emotions? Right. What does that mean to you? I think it's all of the above. Um, I think it's really, it's helpful when you start getting to know yourself deeply, you know, you start realizing that you have this giant emotional history inside of you, which is essentially, you know, all of the intense moments where you felt a very strong emotion. You know, you may have felt them on the conscious part of your mind, but more and more people are finding out through their own direct experience or through science these days that, you know, when you feel something intense, it may leave the conscious part of your mind, but it actually leaves its mark in the subconscious. So that your emotional history is essentially, you know, dictating and affecting your daily behavior. So particular ways that you've behaved and reacted in the past, you'll be predisposed to feeling those same reactions over and over again. How do you break that cycle? Well, when you are at, when you actually calm the mind and concentrate the mind and you can put yourself in a state where, you know, you actually start building that stillness, that ability to observe things as they are. And um, that settling down happens, that layer between the conscious and the subconscious starts relaxing and things immediately start releasing. So a lot of people think letting go is a very imaginative process when actually it's a very, it's a very calm, quiet and quick process. It's more so about putting, us into a, putting ourselves into a state of calmness and concentration and these, start, these things start letting go really rather rapidly. So what again are the specific steps? Once you notice these things coming up, then what? One thing that I've noticed across the board is that whether you're actually meditating, whether you're practicing yoga, sanas, even in different modes of energy healing or different therapy practices that our psychologists might be giving us, what you're developing is calmness, mental calmness, and, and a bit of concentration where the mind is actually focusing in in a, and internally, and this is what sort of allows that release to start happening. So it's difficult to say, you know, to make like a step-by-step guide of this is how all meditations work because they're very different. But it's that quality of calmness, that quality of concentration that allows for these releases to start happening. That meditation is the key. That's the door. <laughs> I, I mean, personally, I think it's, um, it's, it works the fastest. It's the most effective tool that I know of. Let's talk about forgiveness. Sure. Um, because that's part of letting go. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there are you know, certain times in my life where I have been having the same argument with you know, a person in my head over and over and over again. I'll have the same argument with them for years. Mm. How? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds absurd, but I cannot no, be the I only feel one. You. Right? I feel you, yeah. <laughs> how, so, so how do we let that go? How do you get over? You might be right. Um, somebody may have wronged you. Right, absolutely. How do you move past that? Now, it's difficult, right? Because because essentially, when you think about the human being, we're essentially a series of patterns, a series of habits that have been developed and hardened over time. And when we try to change that, it almost feels like you're trying to stop a moving train. You know, we're just so directed towards one, you know, avenue of behavior that, 
we really need to sort of halt that process by actually literally building new habits. I personally think when you build new habits, you're building a new life. So, you know, it's not an easy answer to let go. Um, I think you have to put in effort. I think, you know, it requires having some sort of technique, like what you're saying, you know, having a daily meditation practice, something that brings you back to the present moment or brings you back into a realization that, you know what, like, why am I hanging on to something that happened five years ago? You know, pain is uncomfortable, right? right. Um, by its very nature. I, I think it's probably also nature that we want to run from it. We want to <laughs> retreat from it, yeah. right? And that can mean using drugs. It can mean not dealing with it. For right. me, for most of my life, it meant food, abusing food. Mm. How can you really sit with discomfort? And how is that beneficial to you? Why shouldn't we pull away from it? I love that question. I think one of the most, um, the reason why, you know, I've been practicing Vipassana for, I think, a little more than six years now. I started back in July of 2012. And what I have found so valuable in this practice is that it gives you a tool to interact with pain in a much better way, in a much more effective way, where you're actually gaining wisdom from it, as opposed to just feeling the unpleasantness that's there. And I think a lot of times as human beings, we forget that things are very impermanent. You know, we, we so impermanent. quick impermanent, right? We're, we so quickly feel when something great happens or something bad happens, you know, we attach ourselves to it so quickly that we just want it to last forever or we're afraid that it's going to last forever. And in these moments of pain, you know, we think, yeah, that this is, this is terrible, this is horrible, but we completely forget the most important aspect of nature is that everything is rapidly changing. So though this pain might be rather intense, it's also going to pass away. And when you start building that, um, that understanding of impermanence, it actually helps you not accumulate traumas and not I mean, actually release the traumas of the past. Because a lot of times it, they just literally get stuck in the body, you know, in very um, dense sort of knots. And the deeper, the deeper understanding that we have of impermanence really helps release these things. Mm. So what's the goal? When you talk about freedom, what, what does that look like? What does that mean? Well, I think it's different. It's, um, it's different for different people. I think some people use, you know, meditation, practice yoga, saunas. They do, they do these things for different reasons. And I think you can sort of divide people into two categories. You know, one category being that they just want to feel better. You know, they want to be able to live their life um, a little happier, you know, a little more effective, have, you know, be, be more creative, um, have better ability to problem solve, feel more love in their life, not just love that we get on the romantic level, but the love that emanates from within you when you have that sort of mental clarity. And, you know, there are a lot of people who want to feel better. And then I think there's also a lot of people who want to be free, who are, you know, very interested in nature, who want to understand things in a different way than just reading, you know, because we can get a lot of information from books, but there's something special that happens when you actually are deeply observing the nature that exists within your body and you start learning about the whole entire universe. And it, you what know, what do you mean by that? You know, we're made of the same material that everything else is essentially made out of mm. uh, on the subatomic level. You know, you have the characteristics of impermanence. Things are rapidly changing. And when you start observing those things, you understand yourself better. You understand other people better. And you actually understand um, how things work. You know, you see the movement of change, not just in between people, but in all facets of life and how um, everything is just constantly moving and changing. And when you deeply interact with this reality, it just helps make everything better. And at the same time, it purifies your mind. It literally just starts releasing these like heavy chunks of, um, of accumulations that you've had in there for such a long time. 
Such an interesting idea. You say we're made of everything that the universe is made of. Yeah. That we're one part of, because we can feel very alone mm-hmm. um, and also very special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. But the same, when you think about things like um, like intuition or like think about like your grandmother's intuition, when she like, you know, knows if something bad is going to happen or, you know, there's a special connection that I think a lot of us are discovering and are trying to get more information on and it's a lot harder to do so through science i think but when you're trying to develop that personal objectivity and just go deep within yourself to observe these things you know you 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 tap into something quite beautiful and you know it's hard to put a name on it it's hard to like label it um in a certain way but there's a lot of learning to do you mentioned intuition Mm -hmm. um intuition i think is so powerful And we ignore it so often. Mm -hmm. You know, I can think back on so many decisions I've made that I wish I had made differently. And it wasn't that my intuition steered me wrong. It was that I ignored it. Absolutely. How can we be better about listening to what we're hearing, what we seem to know, even though we don't know how we know it? I think it, you know, especially in regards to intuition and even knowing what our real aspirations are, I think a lot of times we... You know, we aim to have these certain goals, but in reality, they come from our external conditioning and what people like what we think society holds as like, you know, what we should be achieving and striving for. But when you start, you know, when you start meditating and you do, you're doing some sort of practice that that is helping you release these accumulations inside of you, what happens is that you can think of the mind as, you know, divided into two simple parts. One is an ego, which is essentially a cloud that hovers around your consciousness And the cloud is so thick that this light of consciousness literally can't shine through. And when you start releasing the heavier chunks of the ego, these rays of consciousness start shooting out and they come. Releasing the ego. Yeah, literally. So ego is blocking. Right. Literally like, like a very thick cloud revolved around the sun and the sun being your consciousness. And as you start releasing these chunks, this light of clarity starts shining through. Literally this love, this compassion, this, um, deeper ability for creativity and problem solving and in that is um a better communication with yourself when you can start feeling your gut better and you can start listening to the voices in your mind a lot better and you can tell okay wait that's me craving that's me having fear and oh no that's Mm. my gut telling me i should you know go left instead of right so differentiating between fear and intuition absolutely i mean and there's you know there's so many different um messages coming in from our body you know but but Being that's very to... powerful. How do you, because how do you know when to dismiss fear as yeah. just self-doubt or... It's cultivating that subtlety. You know, we don't realize how powerful our awareness is. We we think our awareness is sort of uh, revolves around our ability to like hear and see. But when we actually cultivate it in these moments of solitude, you know, through a practice, it can actually become quite profound, quite deep. And, you know, you can really you know, become best friends with your body and use it, you know, for the tool that it's really meant to be. And, you know, I don't know that you know the answer to this. I don't know anybody that knows the answer to this, mm. but there's something so unique about energy. You know, there's this mm. idea that energy doesn't lie, that when you meet someone, you don't know why, but you feel something, it, yeah. you, you know, you and it's different with different people. And it's different when you get different groups together. Absolutely. You, know, you can walk in a room after people have had an argument and you didn't witness any of it and you know something yeah, happened you, there. You can feel it in the air. So how can we tap into that to assist in our interpersonal interactions and help us make better decisions? Yeah, I think it happens over time. I think um, when you start meditating and even if you're meditating small amounts, you know, you're tapping into these um, 
deeper parts of the mind, you know, cultivating that awareness, cultivating that concentration, and you're just able to take in a lot more information and process it much more quickly. Mm -hmm. And that could be as simple as, you know, like noticing how people are sitting in the room and noticing how they're not looking at each other and not necessarily like the invisible things, but we don't actually don't notice how fast the mind is processing things. And when you start meditating, you know, your mind just works way better and it starts and it, it doesn't really have like a limit as to how much better it can get. It really depends on how much uh, effort and time you put into it. But it's really quite incredible because you can sort of feel those uh, shifts in emotional states within other people. And then you can better engage with them, better meet them where they're at. And it makes for much more effective interpersonal relationships, for sure. You posted something recently that I just want to read a little bit of. You call it Essentials for Modern Life. Patience while growing. Make time for self-healing. Rest is necessary for success. I love that part because we're in a like a grind, 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 <laughs> grind, grind. Especially here in New York City. Especially <laughs> here in New York City, where the idea is the harder you grind, the better your results will be. And you're speaking really to the need mm -hmm. for rest and self-care. Absolutely. I think uh, I made that list with the intention of sort of pushing back against um, what we think is success. What we, like, you know, having to just work, you know, most of the day, all the time to the point where we're just like exhausted and have no free time and we have no time to really get to know ourselves and what I've been uh, realizing in my own life and a lot of other friends who um, are taking their inner work seriously is that you can also be successful while allowing things to happen organically. Let things happen organically. So expand on that because, yeah. you know, we feel this pressure to make things happen. Yeah, right. And but there's also the reality of when we crave things to happen really intensely, in a way we can really be pushing them away. How? Um and it's something that has to do like energetically. It's like this energy that you're giving off. You know, you can almost make these blockages that don't allow what you desire to come to you much more easily. And what I've noticed is that when you are actually focusing on your own inner work, and a lot of people have been noticing the same thing in their lives, you know, literally starting to deal with my own issues, you know, trying to release these sort of heavy traumas, heavy knots inside of myself that life much more easily falls into place. It doesn't have to be this wild uphill battle where you're, you know, constantly struggling to make it. But when you start, literally start healing yourself, um, things much more easily come into place. And it, um, you know, it helps you not only live better, have more time for self-care. And, you're, you know, obviously it means you're still working, you're still trying to achieve your goals, but there's a difference between craving something and actually having a goal. When you're, craving something and you don't get it, you know that you're craving it because you immediately, immediately start feeling misery. As opposed to when you have a goal and you try, you're trying, and then you see that you didn't quite get what you wanted, but you keep going, you know, you go back to the drawing board, you keep trying and you put new effort into it. And, you know, you don't really see things as failures, but you see them as lessons. And, you know, there's a, it's a more effective way to try to approach meeting your goals. Mm. Yeah. What do you say to someone who feels like self-care is really an indulgence? Um, it's something that they really don't have time for. You know, we're mm -hmm. all so busy. I have other people to take care of. It's really selfish. You know, um, there's this piece in the beginning of my book where I essentially wrote something along the lines of when you are trying to love other people without having a foundation of self-love, it's like building a house without a strong foundation. And 
you know, I think we are accustomed to sort of doing things for others, taking care, especially our family members and our friends, and trying to love them as best as we can. But we don't quite realize, especially because we haven't had the experience of taking time for ourselves, getting to know ourselves better. And then when you come back to your family, you can just love them so much better. And that's something that individuals have to experience for themselves. But that aspect of self-care, that aspect of getting to know yourself can just make a world of a difference. And I noticed that with myself, you know, I, I didn't take time away from my family or anything like that. But as I was going through my personal growth, my relationship with my mother and father, my brother and sister just improved dramatically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we still have our issues every now and then, but there's just so much more love in the room than there was before. I love that. And that's a great note to end on. Love, mm. in, love in the room. Yeah. Thank you so much for this. I appreciate your time. I get so much from what you put out into the world. And I know a lot of other people do, too. On Thank social you. media, you're Young Pueblo, Y-U-N-G. Mm -hmm. Y-U-N-G underscore P-U-E-B-L-O. What does that mean, by the way? Um, so it actually has, it's not my name. So it's, <laughs> right. yeah, as a, I learned a lot of people you. think, you know, but a lot of people think my name's young. Um, so it's an idea that I've had and it actually functions as a reminder to me. Um, I like to be reminded of one, one thing where I come from. So I was born in Ecuador and the word Pueblo there, it refers to, you know, the masses of impoverished people. And, and that those are really my roots. Um, and the other side of that is that young Pueblo literally means young people. And it just it's constantly reminding me that as a collective humanity, we're going to do a lot of growing up during, especially during this century that we have ahead of us. We have a lot of really big challenges, a lot of things to overcome. And in that, we're going to grow up a lot. I love that. And the new book is Inward. Yes, Inward. It's available um, on Amazon and stores. And Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. New episodes of Elevated drop on Mondays. Please subscribe and review. In the meantime, send me questions, ideas, or feedback. I'm on all social platforms as Mara Scampo. And use the hashtag Elevated Podcast. Ford Motor Company is committed to moving forward together with new all-electric vehicles, that offer an efficient and exhilarating driving experience. Ford is going above and beyond to not only create the smartest, most connected EVs and technology, but to make sure that customers are well-educated on how to move forward with electric energy. Ford customers will also have easy and simple access to charge, whether you charge at home with the overnight plug-in Ford mobile charger or on the road. Journey into the future with Ford's lineup of electric vehicles with many affordable options to choose from. Head over to Ford.com to learn more. Built Ford Proud. Stevenson University Online is a leader in forensic education for law enforcement, legal, and cyber investigations. If you are preparing for career advancement or career change, investigate our online master's programs in forensic science, CSI, forensic accounting, forensic investigations, and cybersecurity and digital forensics. New online sessions start every eight weeks. No application fee or GRE required. Visit stevenson.edu slash online. 
Legal professionals know that e-discovery can be painful, but the right platform can help you find the truth in minutes. Just how Everlaw helped crack the case in the Theranos civil litigation. Using Everlaw's cutting-edge technology, the lead lawyer quickly combed through millions of documents to find his smoking gun. That's why Amlaw 200 firms, Fortune 500 corporations, and all 50 state AGs trust Everlaw to find critical information in massive amounts of data. Book your demo today at everlaw.com. 